Welcome to Career EQ, a podcast series focused on helping students navigate the beginning and early stages of their business careers. Your host, John Quinn, is a senior lecturer and director of the Consumer Packaged Goods Immersion Program at the Fisher College of Business at The Ohio State University. In each episode, we dive into a topic facing young professionals in today's ever-changing business environment. While John may not be an expert in all those areas, his academic and corporate partner guests certainly are. That being said, let's dive into our topic for today and meet this episode's guests. With every generation, job security becomes more and more of a myth. Some sort of tale from long ago in a place far, far away where unicorns frolicked in the forest. Seriously though, Estimations vary, but it appears that the average millennial will have 12 plus jobs over three different career tracks, and early indications for Gen Z seems to be following the same pattern. I must have been an innovator and early adopter because I'm Gen X, and I landed right around those same numbers. The bottom line is that some of these job changes that Gen Z will experience will not be their choice. Without overgeneralizing, it's not a matter of if you will get laid off someday, it's more of a matter of when. So how do you hedge your bets? Build your own safety net or buffer while also finding greater fulfillment. That's where our next guest comes in, Chaya Dubosa, CB for short. CB is the director of tech strategy at Insira and has his own real estate brokerage business, the Bosa Group. Also joining us again from the Office of Career Management at the Fisher College of Business at Ohio State is Sarah Steenrod. Welcome to Career EQ, CB, and welcome back, Sarah. Thanks so much for having me, Gus. How are you guys doing? Great. Thanks for having us. Uh, great to be here again today. Oh, it's great to have you. And uh, Sarah, thanks for introducing me, CB. You know, I think this is going to be a great story and something our students can really kind of dig into. So we do have a lot to dig into in this topic. So let's dive right in. So CB, tell us about your journey since you graduated from Ohio State a handful of years ago and what led you to finding and developing and pursuing your side gig? Yeah, absolutely. After graduating from Ohio State, I moved to New York City. I worked for a Fortune 500 company at the time, and that same company allowed me to move to Dallas, Texas. Um, while in Dallas, I realized that I wasn't really happy with my current situation, and I knew I wanted to create a side hustle just in case I were to get let go. My passion for real estate has been there since I was five years old. My uncle is an architect, and he's built houses across Ohio. Uh, my dad got his real estate license on the side. My other uncle is an investor in real estate. Um, my passion goes back to when I was really young, and I knew I wanted to pursue that passion on the side. Um, I obtained my real estate license, and I started a company called Bosa Group. Uh, it's been a company for the past five years now, which is incredible to think about. Today, we're now an independent real estate brokerage. We specialize in leasing, buying, and selling. Um, I spend my spare time going to networking events, happy hours, and uh, various evening time events where I can meet people, network, turn them into friends, and then turn them into clients. And uh, I spend my nights and weekends doing just that. Awesome. So how would you recommend others uh, discovering their passion and what side gigs might be appropriate for them? Yeah, so it depends on what you truly love doing. You can build a side hustle out of literally anything. Um, I hear friends who are into comedy, and so they build TikTok channels. I hear of uh, friends who are into sports like soccer and golf, who teach others how to play. It depends on what you're into. For me, I love meeting new people and I love real estate. And so for me, I combine those two passions and turn that into a side hustle that's done really well. Um, but 
a look into yourself and ask yourself, what do you enjoy doing? And then figure out a way to turn that into a side hustle, whether it's sports, whether it's academics, whether it's finance, um, you can start a blog, you can turn any of your passions into a side hustle that people use each day. Yeah. So, I mean, those are all like that kind of that passion, that interest that side of things. What is like kind of the practical side of developing a side gig? And what are some of the benefits of doing that? The reason why it's beneficial to have a side gig is just in case something were to come up, but it's also everybody has a job, but some people work jobs that they don't really love. You have to find something you enjoy doing. And a lot of people say they don't have enough time, but you do have early mornings, you do have evenings, and you do have weekends to do what you love. And you might as well do what you love and turn that into a stream of income you can use just in case, say, for example, your job gets uh, your job gets eliminated, right? You have something to fall back on. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I think that's good advice, you know, especially, you know, even in the tech world, uh, we used to think of the tech world as kind of the uh, the bastion of, uh, or maybe not even the bastion, kind of the paragon of uh, career desires. People want to get in the tech world, and it was seen as somewhat stable and growing. And now over the past 18 months, we see like even the tech world is not even safe from being uh, subject to layoffs and uh, job termination. So I think that's really good advice. Um, so you know, quality of life, work-life balance is a big priority for Gen Z. How are you able to balance your full-time gig with your side gig in your personal life? Yeah, it's a good question. So I'm super fortunate where my side gig um, I can use my nights and weekends to do my side gig. Um, real estate involves meeting people day in and day out. But for me, during the day, I work at my full-time job. But during the nights and weekends, I get to go network. And enjoy, I enjoy networking with other people across the board. I go to various networking events. I go to various happy hours. And so that's all time during my spare time, which I spend meeting people. And with that, my work-life balance is pretty solid because I enjoy it a lot. And so a lot of people are passionate about sports, club sports, whether it's kickball, basketball, hockey. I enjoy networking a lot. And so that is my passion and I get to do that on this side. So. Yeah, I think that's an important point. Like if you're going to develop a side gig, it has to be something you enjoy doing, right? It can't feel like another job. It can't, uh, it's gotta be something you actually look forward to doing. And if you're going to spend some free time. That would be one of the top things you'd want to do. So that's, I think that's the importance of the finding something you'd love to do and you're passionate about. Um, so what, to what degree and at what time do you inform your current employer that you've got a side gig going on and how do you maybe put any sort of concerns that they might have and put them a little more at ease? Yeah. So that's a good question. Uh, so for me, I try to let them know right away. Um, when I, the current job that I have right now, when I was interviewing for them, I used the side hustle as a way to show them why I would be a good employee. So my role is in marketing technology. And with that, I use my skills in marketing that I learned from real estate and I apply that to my job. I showed them the wins and success stories that I've had at my business and how I can utilize that those same wins and skill set that I've learned in that side hustle and turn that into more success for the current job that I have in terms of, you know, client retention, in terms of client success and delivering results overall. So it tied right in. Um, so 
everybody's different. There are some jobs that don't allow you or don't want you to have a side hustle. But for me, I tie my side hustle back into what I can do and how I can create value in the roles that I have. I think it's really interesting that uh, you kind of position it as there's a synergistic effect, right? Like the two of them actually kind of feed off each other and you become more successful, both of them from the things you learn from each of those uh, each of those areas of employment. Sarah, what, what is your, uh, your opinion of like your primary employer and how you think they would be uh, open to prospective employee or a current employee having a size gig? I think that's a great question. I would say, I think it is probably a case-by-case basis. <laughs> so for example, if CB were working for a real estate company, his side gig may not be okay, <laughs> if that makes mm-hmm. sense. So, um, or an accounting firm, you know, if you were going to do a side gig of doing taxes as your side gig, like that's probably not going to work out. So I think I would encourage people to think of it as a way maybe to explore a hobby. Um, We see it a lot in career development with students. They want everything to be their major and that doesn't always work out, but, you know, maybe they have a passion for music and they can teach piano on the side or something. You know, I think there's just a world of possibilities. Um, But I think always being um, very direct with your employers and, or your employer Um, For example, at Ohio State, there's a form you fill out if you're exploring work outside the university. So I think a lot of corporations likely have something similar, or at least just require a conversation with HR, your manager, um, and others potentially. Well, I think kind of woven in your response there was this element of don't use your primary gig as a source of income or business for your side gig, right? I mean, you should probably keep them pretty siloed. Would you agree with that, CB And, and, and Sarah? For sure. Yeah, so I agree with that for the most part. But when I say that, make sure that you're cognizant, as Sarah said. You, if you're in a tax firm, don't do taxes on the side. That's a conflict <laughs> of interest. So don't create a conflict of interest for yourself. Um, if it's something that you're doing on the side, make sure that you do the work that you need to during the day. Show up, participate, and make sure you're creating value during the day and doing what you're signed up for. But Spend your spare time doing what you want to do, what you're passionate about, and make sure that it doesn't impact your day-to-day role. You know, it's interesting. I was just thinking about myself there for a second. I was like thinking, I never had a side gig. Well, that's not really true. When I was still in corporate, I was an adjunct professor. And that was my side gig, right? And now, actually, I worked at an organization that uh, I had to kind of keep it quiet because and and the organization, shall remain nameless, um, did not like that I was teaching night classes. I was like, you think you would like it? I mean, it's related to what I'm doing in the day. I'm you know, marketing. I'm teaching marketing classes. I'm doing marketing for you. But uh, so you might have to be sensitive to whatever the separate culture is of your organization. So um, at what point does your side gig, like what, what, when do you hit a tipping point? At what point does your side gig, maybe you decide, hey, maybe this should be my, just my gig. Yeah, so it depends on you, the person. For me personally, I get I truly enjoy what I do day by day, and I also enjoy my side gig as well. So uh, for me, I enjoy both, so I don't have that exact answer in my mind. But when I was working at a gig I didn't really enjoy, I told myself, you know, as soon as I make twice as much as I make in my main gig, then I'll probably make the jump because I know that it's working the way it should. 
But the fact that today that I enjoy both sides and I get to learn day in and day out in my gig and in my side hustle, um, it's just a good balance that I enjoy. And luckily for me, I have a team of five individuals who help me day by day during the workday um, at my side gig at the moment. So yeah. it's beneficial. And, and, that's, and the benefit of that too is uh, if you have a fairly healthy side gig, if something ever happens to your main gig, you know, company goes under, you get laid off, whatever, then you can shift your priorities and put a lot more of your resources towards your side gig as you're in, as you're, it gives you the opportunity to take your time to find the right next uh, position for your main gig because, okay, I've got this buffer. I've got this backup. I'm still having income coming in. I don't have to just jump at the next thing. So that's another benefit of having a side gig. Wouldn't you agree with that? I agree a hundred percent. And just to give your audience full transparency, I've been laid off from two different gigs without my real estate side gig. I wouldn't be here in Texas. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be here. I'd have to move back home. And that's, Oh, my home is great. My family is great. I have a good family back home, but I'm here for a reason. And I didn't leaving was my motivation to make sure the side hustle worked out well. And it allowed me to stay here in Dallas, luckily for me. Well, my apologies that you're in Texas, but um, <laughs> yeah, just a little bitter of the uh, the playoffs that Texas are in, is in and Ohio State's out. But uh, anyway, so um, how about the legalities of it? Like at what point and how do you go about making your side gig a legal business entity? Yeah, so for me, I got an LLC uh, right away once I started my business, uh, LLC, limited liability company, right? So I I wanted to avoid the risk of getting sued or anything like that. And if I got sued, it wouldn't merge with my personal assets. All that assets from the business, um, it's limited. It helps you protect yourself in that case. I'm not a lawyer, so I can't speak legally, but from a business standpoint, I think an LLC is the way to go um, just to protect yourself in various cases. I also have ENO insurance. I have a team of five people working for me. So in case they make a mistake, I have that insurance just to protect myself and protect the firm just in case. Um, but yeah, I think there are various ways to do it. Consult with a lawyer, of course, but that's the way I did it for my firm. How involved and how long did it take you to get the LLC? Uh, the LLC took, I think, about two to three weeks to clear. Um, you apply through the Secretary of State. And then um, once you apply for the Secretary of State, uh, you'll get your certificate of an LLC. And uh, yeah, it took. It was a pretty fast process, to be honest with you. Okay, very good. So kind of a related follow-up question. Um, Regarding managing your income, so you have income coming in from your main job, you have income coming in from your side gig through the LLC, uh, how would you recommend those uh, that are start a side gig, how would you manage these different streams of income, um, and what's tax, tax time like for you? Yeah, absolutely. So for me, I have a business account for the LLC. I also have my personal accounts as well. Um, the money from the business goes straight into the business LLC bank account and my personal income is separate. Um, tax time is annoying for everybody. Uncle Sam wants his money and you have to pay him regardless. Um, so usually the first, every year, January, February, I send in all my information to my CPA, my accountant, and he makes sure everything is good to go. April 15th, I have to pay a certain sum of money um, after all the write-offs take place and after all the expenses are accounted for and uh, I pay him accordingly. 
the following year you have to pay a quarterly monthly a quarterly fee of uh, it's estimated taxes um based on your last year's tax return and so um quarterly i pay a payment just to make sure i stay ahead and then next year my accountant takes care of the rest yeah you know gen z gets a bum rap on a lot of different fronts but one thing i've always been really impressed by this uh younger generation is how many of them have side gigs already I mean, they're, they're very ambitious. A lot of them have uh, their own side businesses going on, or they're taking uh, business classes at Fisher College Business, and they already have, they're already working on their business plan, and they're very entrepreneurial. Um, but when you do have a side gig, uh, one thing I would think about when you're managing your money with that is like, I would treat it as extra money to stash away and invest for the most part. I mean, if you want to do a trip to Europe, maybe take a part of it and set it aside. But... My recommendation, and please tell me if you would agree, is like invest most of this money, save most of this money. That's going to be your buffer in case the inevitable happens that at some point you're laid off or uh, or there's a huge economic downturn. Have that nest egg. I mean, would you agree with that money management advice? I agree 100% with you. It's, uh, it's, it's a must. It's easier said than done. I've experienced it. I've been in real estate for the past four to five, five years, sorry, five years. And when you see the money coming in, you want to enjoy it, you want to spend it, you want to travel. And trust me, the past few years, I've had a lot of fun. But like you said, it's good to have the nest egg just in case. Yeah. Nothing is certain, right? And so having that there just in case something were to happen is definitely great. Um, and you won't regret it. It'll be, it'll come out to be useful in the future. Yeah, I mean, take a portion of it, maybe have a little bit of fun with it, reward yourself to some degree, but the majority of it should go into investments and savings. Yes, investments, savings, high yield savings at that, um, yeah. high yield savings accounts, you can put it in there, it'll grow on its own, and then also investments as well. Well, as uh, as Kai Rizzit always says, re uh, refer to your financial advisor um, for because we are not financial advisors, but that was just some top line recommendations. So, well, thank you so much for joining us today, CB and Sarah, and for bringing this topic to my attention. I mean, quite honestly, side gigs was not a topic on my radar, but when you both when you both brought it to me, I realized it made a lot of sense. I'm so glad we did this. I am too. Super happy to help. All right, thanks, CB. Thanks, Sarah. Thank you. Cheers. Please check the webpage for additional related links and the resources on this topic. Career EQ is brought to you by the Fisher College of Business at The Ohio State University. We'd like to thank our production crew, including our producer, Doug Carraway, for making this possible, and the Office of Career Management, dedicated to supporting our business school students in the launch of their careers. See you next time at Career EQ.